Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thanks for joining me today, whatever day it is when you're listening to this, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening. I, uh, I can't wait to get into this, this episode's subject, but before I do, let me give a shout out to my sponsors, USA Kilts. Go over there to their usakilts.com and anything that you need that has anything to do with kilts, things that go with kilts, things that tie in at all with traditional Scottish culture that you could possibly be wearing, anything along those lines, you can find and find really good quality stuff at usakilts.com. Also, check out their YouTube channel, which is USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. It's a wonderful, informative, educational, you, uh, just, just, and they have a, They have full length, like the whole episode you can watch on there. They have it chopped up into smaller things according to subject, and and I, I think I, I enjoy watching it. So, go over there and check them out on YouTube. USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube. USAKilts.com for their storefront. All right, so we're going to talk about the Leslies today. Now, this is kind of an odd pick for me. It's an odd pick because. They, they, they have a, they, first of all, there, it was easy because there's lots of really interesting things about the Leslie's to talk about things that are very unique to them. So material wise, it was really easy. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll save why it was kind of hard to pick them in a minute. So this is going to be kind of the standard approach that I've been doing the last several episodes um, for a while now. I've been going after not a com- comprehensive history of the clan but really just a few highlights of them that I think are interesting. And so I'd like to I'd like to do that today with the Leslies. So I'm going to start off with the first thing I think is interesting. Oh by the way, sources wise, right? We've got to cover the sources. So I started off with the Wikipedia article. At the bottom of the Wikipedia article are there is a lot of well, when I say a lot, there's one, two, three, four, four links that take you straight to Leslie stuff. Like it's their stuff. It's their society, different societies of Leslie's. I've got Clan Leslie Society International, Clan Leslie Society of Australia, New Zealand, Clan Leslie Trust, Clan Leslie. Anyway, I tried to go to their material to find out what they're talking about. Of course, of course, I have the Collins Scottish Clans and Family Encyclopedia, right? Our our holy writ of Scottish clans. You know what? I, I give these guys a lot of grief and sarcasm. It actually is not a bad source, but if you walk into it thinking, oh, this is there's nothing wrong with this at all. For anybody who's gone through a graduate program and has just been hammered on sources. Where do you get that? What is the source? Is it, is it the current scholarship on it? It's not written like that. I, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but just bear with me because this is an important source and most of what you guys are finding on clan on on a, all sorts of your Google search results when you're looking up your clan, a lot of it is taken from this. And I have covered this in more depth in my when my two of my early episodes when I covered sources. So go back all the way to the beginning if you want this to go in more depth. I'm going to try to keep it brief. But 
it doesn't read like a scholarly paper, which some of you are thinking, thank goodness, because they tend to be dry. But I mean, when it says that something happened or it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't cite where they got that information. So it's really hard to read if you're like, okay, that particular detail, where do I find more about that? That's not how the articles on the different clans are written in that. It does have an, a pretty long list of sources at the very beginning of it. And the gentleman who wrote this, this work here, it was a team effort, mostly done by George Way of Pleen and Romilly Squire. And they have some credentials, okay? So it's not like it was just written by a couple of nobodies just pulling out of no, nowhere. They actually have a lot more credentials than I have. I'm just saying I couldn't have written this. I couldn't have written like they write and have got a paper to pass with a passing grade. So, but, you know, it's, this, it's a, the, the volume dates from 1994, so that's, that's pretty modern. It says first published 1994. I don't know. I think it's really valuable. I own it. I'm looking at a cop, my own copy right here on the desk. And I would recommend it to other people because it's such an extensively used source that I think it's, it's kind of a, what you ought to have. In fact, I had a listener recently tell me that on the Facebook and the files section for our group that I should have a reading list on there. So I, I'm reading you loud and clear. I think it's a great idea. haven't gotten to it yet, but I want to do it. So, so hang in there with me. All right, so let's get back to the Leslies, okay? The the first thing, so I covered my sources there, these different Leslie websites you can go to, the Colin Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia. Okay, so for the, the first thing that I think is interesting about them is the origin of the Clan Leslie. Where do they come from? And this is what, this is a very unique thing about this particular group of people. They... Nobody else in all of Scotland, none of the other clans, kindreds, prominent families, any of that that I've read about have this same origin. We've got clans that are suspected maybe of Pictish origins. I'm thinking of the Brodies specifically. Um, we're thinking of, we've got, we've got Norse Scandinavian descended guys like the MacLeods. Um, several other from the the Western Isles and and Highlands. We've got Dalriada guys, the the Macleans. Right off the top of my head, I'm just thinking of examples of each one of these. The Galbraiths, uh, Galbraith. I maybe messing that up a little bit, but they clearly come linguistically. That name is a foreign a foreign Briton. They they may have come from the Strathclyde Britons. Maybe the Campbells too. Um, you have the angles of Northumbria and you get some of your some of your eastern border clans from the East March may have come out of the angles of Northumbria. Anyway, so you got these different groups and then the Normans come in and they start all sorts of prominent kindreds that that become play a large role in Scottish history thereafter. You want to know where the Leslies claim descent from? A Hungarian. I'm just going to read to you straight off of the, the the document that's from the Clan Leslie Society International, a brief history of Clan Leslie. I'm just going to read it straight off of this for you, two paragraphs, hang in there with me, detailing their Hungarian origins. Quote, 
Perhaps no other great Scottish family has an origin as romantic as that of the Leslies. In 1067, a storm drove a ship bound for France to seek anchorage in the calmer waters of the Firth of Forth. The noble passengers had fled England as their future with William the Conqueror, the victor of the Battle of Hastings, was insecure. This group was led by Edgar Atheling, descendant of King Alfred of England. Along were his mother and Hungarian princess. Pause, meaning his his mother was the Hungarian princess, meaning she was an English woman who had married a Hungarian, become a Hungarian princess. Back to the quote. And his sister Margaret. They were given refuge by Malcolm III, Canmore, King of Scotland, at his castle at Dunfermline. Malcolm will be remembered from Shakespeare as having defeated Macbeth and regained the Scottish throne from him. He fell in love with the beautiful and talented Princess Margaret and married her. The queen became St. Margaret of Scotland. There was a second romance. Margaret's Chamberlain, an Hungarian noble, Bartholomew, called Bardolf at the Saxon-English court, was extremely capable and physically powerful. He greatly impressed the king, who made him commander of Edinburgh Castle. Bartholomew fell in love with the king's sister, Beatrix, and with royal consent were married. Family tradition is that King Malcolm then promised Bartholomew in hereditary right all the land within a mile of where his horse gave out after riding north from Dunfermline. The horse tired out in a spot in Geary, a beautiful, fertile, long, uh, fertile rolling hill, hill land northwest of Aberdeen. After he returned to court, Bartholomew told King Malcolm that between a less lay and a mare, my horse tired and stopped there, to which King Malcolm responded, Lord Leslie, shalt thou be, and thine heirs after thee. Beyond doubt, Bartholomew did obtain from Malcolm III a grant in lands of Leslin in the Geary. The parish of Leslie, not far from Aberdeen, thus became the first family seat, and it is from here that Clan Leslie obtained its name and spread. Bartholomew lived to a great age, perhaps into his 80s, and died in 1121. The present Leslie Castle, in ruins until a few years ago, was built in the 17th century on the banks of the Gaudy Burn, the site of the original stronghold. Okay, so that's the background. Hungarian. And I, look, I looked, I tried to find another account of Leslie origin where some scholar got on board and was like, I don't know about that. See, here's some problems as I've studied this, and I haven't found anything. Nobody's refuting a Hungarian origin. So guess what? We're just going to go with it. We're going to take the Leslies at their word and say that, yes, their founder was a Hungarian named Bartholomew or Bartolf, and that he was given lands in the Geary. Now, if you're an English speaker from from the USA or another non-Scottish location, Geary looks like Garioch. And I looked it up on Wikipedia and it said it's pronounced Geary. So if I'm wrong, one of you people who are actually from that area know how to pronounce that, hop up on our Facebook group and or in, in the comments of this episode that'll be posted on the Facebook group, go ahead and, and give me my correction. It's happened before. I don't take any offense to pronunciation corrections. All right. So a Hungarian origin. Now, so my take on the Hungarian origin or the, the origin story here, I'm, I'm all over the fact that this was a Hungarian. I don't have any reason that, and I looked for one and I don't have any reason to believe it wasn't a Hungarian. Now, the rhyming back and forth between Malcolm and Bartolf on the land that he's going to give him, I don't think that conversation actually really ever happened. Just because 
I don't think the language as they spoke it back then would have rhymed in, in anything resembling modern English. And also, um, well, I'm going to get to a language aspect of that here in a second, but anyway, so I looked it up. It's gear. It's, it's geary, I think. And that's where this Bartolf was given land by King Malcolm Canmore, Malcolm the third. And that's where they got established. So that's one of the first things I, that's the first thing of all the things that I think are really interesting about this clan. Now, trying to keep somewhat of a chronological element going on here, the, the flow of this, my, something I thought of as I learned about this origin story was the dates involved. They're significant to me. And here's why. So it, we're dealing right in the time period with the Norman conquest of England of England, okay? Now keep in mind that in the larger numbers, the Normans wouldn't push up into Scotland for about another hundred years. Roughly the same time they're pushing over, roughly the same time they're pushing over into Ireland. Now, Ireland was a mixed, hey, you're invited over by this one guy, but we're going to have to fight a bunch of other guys. And and there was, it, it was, there was, there was a lot of fighting going on there and, and for a while afterwards. In Scotland, it was a, a much more peaceful integration bringing these Normans in. The Canmore dynasty that Malcolm III would found, they were bonkers for Normans. They loved everything about them. They loved their speech. Everything Norman was cool. And so now you see these very, in, in origin, very, very Gallic bloodlines, but they are embracing this, this Norman influence. But the Normans in large number wouldn't push into Scotland or be invited into Scotland until about another hundred years after they established themselves in England. Now, why would that be significant? Because here's what I wonder. At the time period that, the specific time that Bartolf was given land in this northeastern Scotland, the Aberdeenshire area, this was, this, this was part of the Gaeltacht. This is a Gaelic-speaking area. And I understand that Bartolf was a member of the aristocracy and running around with the upper crust of Scottish society, and there might have been a difference there. But the difference, I don't think, really caught on for a while after Bartolf. So I'm, my question is, Bartolf himself, did he ever speak Gaelic? I don't know. But um, his... I'm wondering about his son, grandson, great-grandson, right up until the upper crust of Scottish society goes bonkers for, for French via the Normans. In the meantime, what are the, what are the intervening gen, um, generations of this line of Leslie's? What did they speak? Most of the people in their area would have spoken Gaelic. And so Leslie is not a surname that I usually connect with Gaelic speakers. And probably later on, they weren't, you know, after the, the Normans become really established and the, the circles that the, these Leslie noblemen are used to running around, running around in, I don't think they were Gaelic speaking, but, um, I wonder for a while if the Leslie's, and I just think that's interesting because I just, like I said, I, I never put these guys in a Gaelic speaking context. But I just got to looking at the dates, looking at where their territory was that they were given by Malcolm III, and I'm thinking, hmm, 
that was a pretty Gallic area at the time. So anyway, there's a question I have. If, if any of you have more information on that, please feel free to follow up on the Facebook group. Actually, you know what? The Facebook group is so big these days, I miss a lot of stuff on there. So maybe email me at thescottishclans at gmail.com. That might be another better way to, to reach me individually or send me a personal message that which you can be able to find that pretty easy on if you know your way around Facebook. Okay, next thing. Um, so the Leslie's grow in importance and you know that what one one Leslie who's got the power and he, he's acquiring these other lands and so what's he do with them? He gives them to his offspring, his sons. And so you have different branches established. But here's something that is unique to the Leslie's is that the Leslie's, especially getting uh, maybe in the 1500s, but really in the 1600s, they become established, several of them, several of them make a name for themselves fighting in the wars on the European continent in various locations. So they, the Leslie's established some significant mainland European branches, which is really unique to the Leslie's. Um, and I'm not going to go into a ton on that, but it is, is really unique about them. Um, we have, I did a whole episode on the Battle of Harlaw. It was a long time ago. And this is, and moving into my next point here that I think is interesting. So we've got their Hungarian origin. Were they Gallic speakers? They had branches on the mainland, which is unique. Here's another one. The Leslie Earls of Ross. Well, so let me back up a little bit. I just kind of jumped right in there. The Leslie's are tied into the Battle of Harla, and this is interesting. So the Obiolan, right? You heard me correctly, Obiolan. They're using the O there, which is really rare in Scotland, but not completely absent. They were the, the, the Obiolans were the Earls of Ross. They were the original Earls of Ross. Yeah, you might be able to make a exception for that going back a little bit farther with Malcolm Mackay. Um, and who may have founded the Mackay clan that established themselves up in Strathnaver that I did a whole other episode about as well. And, I, and, and the, the crown gains the earldom of Ross, t- takes it from him. There's, he's probably involved in some rebellions up there. The crown takes that earldom and ends up giving it to the Obiolans. Ferker Mac and Taggart was the original Obiolan who first obtained this earldom. And he has several generations to include his his descendant Hugh, who founds the Ross clan. Okay, so you got the Ross earldom, the Ross clan, and that I did a whole another episode on that too. The, the the earldom of Ross clan versus the clan versus the earldom and, and how they're related to each other. Okay, so you have you have a clan Ross now, you have an earldom of Ross, and for a while they're the same people. The chiefs of the clan Ross are the earls of Ross. But the Earl the senior line here dies out in the male line. And through an heiress, the Leslies inherit the Earldom of Ross. They don't have it very long, though. They have it for, what, a gen- two generations, maybe three. And the male line runs out again. And so you have Stuarts who have married into the family and McDonald's, the Lord of the Isles, that have married into the family. And so it's interesting that this lack of a Leslie heir to the Earldom of Ross is the catalyst, well, it's, it's the origin of the Battle of Harlaw, which is this huge battle where the Lord of the Isles brings his own force and comes, 
comes to the battlefield, burns and pillages his way through Scotland, from the west of Scotland, and is approaching into the Aberdeen area, Aberdeenshire, and is met with the government forces and and all of everybody around the Aberdeen area, every guy that can, has a weapon and that can command other people with weapons, and they muster together. And, and this, so you have the Lord of the Isles fighting the royal forces to a standstill, which is fascinating to me because he kind of considered himself his own, the kingdom of his own realm anyway. And this happened in 1411, by the way. So you have the Battle of Harlaw. And this whole thing happens because the Leslie, uh, a lack of a male heir. Now, another couple of connections here. You have a Leslie that's commanding the cavalry in the government forces against the Lord of the Isles forces. And the one of the sources I read on this with one of those Clan Leslie sources said this was fought on Clan Leslie lands. Now, I couldn't specifically nail that down. I did get a grid coordinate, looked it up on grid, compared it to my Scottish clans map where that shows the Leslie territory. It, it was really, really close to Leslie territory if it wasn't actually on it. But it may have been slightly east is what it looked like to me. Anyway, started started by lack of a Leslie male heir. Leslie command, a, a Leslie commanded the cavalry and fought on or close to Leslie territory. So that's kind of an interesting combination of factors around the Battle of Harlaw. Okay, this brings me to the final thing that I think is interesting about the Leslies, and that is, were the Leslies an actual clan? And here's why I'm asking this. And I know, hey, look, I know, I know I'm going to get the hate from the Leslies probably, and you know what? I know that Leslie's got a, and I know that Scotland was organized along kindred lines generally throughout their history. And the Leslie's were involved in Scotland. The ten hundreds, that's early to be able to trace. Most of the, the Gallic clans don't trace their founder back that far. And so that's, so the Leslie's have been in Scotland for a long time, going back to the Hungarian guy. And probably, I'm just going to say just because they were in, especially Northeast Scotland, maybe they were just, they're just wrapped up in this kin-based society. But I'll tell you the thing that just kind of bothers me about the clan part here. When I'm reading the clan history, whether it's in the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia, whether it's on the Wikipedia article, whether it's on the clan Leslie's own stuff, the history is very individual based, meaning it's a collection of accounts of individual men. And rarely does it bring up anything about the kindred as a whole. And when I see that, that that's what got me in the very beginning asking this about a lot of Scottish clans. You know, if you're going to look up the history of the Camerons, you're going to look up a history that says actually they're probably a confederation of three, maybe four different clans united together. And they had this feud, this group of people that came to be known as Camerons, but do have this kin-based thing going on. And these people who have this 
unity based on their understanding of their kinship are in a feud with the Macintoshes who claim descent from a common guy. Like all of these guys are stacking up and they're checking the clan box in every category. And then I get to these histories to include the histories of the clan themselves. And you don't see hardly any mention of things that this group did together a broader kindred than just one guy in his immediate family. Those stories are conspicuously absent. Let me give a, an exception to those. And I'm still wondering about these exceptions. There was this feud between the Chartreses and the Ruthvens. I'm not going to go into big detail about the feud, but the Leslies took a side in this one. I think it was the Chartreses. But... And it says in the account of it, Clan Leslie sided with the Chartreses. Okay. <laughs> here's what I wonder. I could not find the original source that talks about this. If I could find a contemporary source that says Clan Leslie or the Leslie Kindred or anything that might re refer to a broader kin base than one nobleman who under a feudal system could summon guys to fight with them, if I could find a source that mentioned anything like that that was anywhere approaching contemporary, I'd be all in on these guys because I understand the cultural context. But I wonder if this isn't just an anachronism. It's a guy, maybe Romilly Squire or George Way of Pleen, who are superimposing their understanding of this romanticized clan idea backward on history. And, and then they're talking about Clan Leslie joined this one side. There is also mention of the Leslies getting involved in the Gordon Forbes feud, which I did a whole other episode on as well. So those are the only, and, and it's only in really, really modern sources that I can find that. So look, I'm Leslies. I'm just here to tell you I'm leaving the door wide open. And maybe you don't care at all what, whether I think you're a clan or not, which I'm not even arguing that you should. I'm just some dude with a podcast. I'm just telling you what I'm trying to scrape together from sources, and really most of the Clan Leslie source or histories are just this guy did this, and then his son did this, and then his great grandson did this, and this one dude distinguished himself in the service of these forces, the Habsburgs, in the 1600s in mainland Europe and rose to the rank of this in this army and this other guy fought in this capacity and returned to Scotland and led the Covenanter forces against these other guys and this other guy fought for, you know, it's just talking about individuals the whole time and it's just this conspicuous lack of mention of a clan. So that's that's what I'm throwing out to you guys. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an invitation that I'm really throwing out there. So if you want to read this as an invitation instead of casting doubt on your boys, provide me with the source. Help me understand this a little bit better. I'm open to it, I, and I, I don't take any offense at some guy like, hey, hey, look, you haven't read this. You need to read this, then get back to us. I'd be happy to do that if somebody wants to do that. So if you're out there, you're a Leslie, and I just completely offended your whole concept of your heritage, then hook me up with the source that'll set me straight. I, I, I'll, I, I want to read it. Um. And if you do, like I said, at the, so the Scottish clans at gmail.com, or you can reach out on Podbean, or you can send me a, a personal message on Facebook. Just go to the Scottish clans group on Facebook and find out and just kick me a, just kick me a note. Uh, do, do a message. Like you said, if you just make it a post, 
look, the group has gotten way bigger than I ever thought it was going to be. There's some really good conversations on there, some really cool posts. So I'm not telling anybody not to go there. There's some really cool content on there. The content that I'm contributing to it is mostly in the form of podcast episodes. You've got some really knowledgeable guys on there posting some really interesting stuff. So go on there. If you like what you're listening to today, go on there and read some of their content. But there's a lot that gets past me on there. I just do not have time to dial in that big on that many people posting that much stuff. So there you go. You know what? I hope I hope if you're a Leslie and you listen to this, I hope you didn't get offended. But my hope is that you were just like, oh, I've never considered that. Maybe I want to look more into this. I hope we can look at our own histories. I, I know that our emotions are tied up in who we are and our heritage, and we feel very strongly about it, and we should. I'm just trying to just take an objective look at where the clans, because I spent a lot of, I spent a lot of my life and a lot of my younger years reading through clan stuff through the lens of the romantic picture painted in the 1800s. And I have since had that picture completely shattered by solid scholarship. So go ahead, help me out with this. If you like this episode, if you like these types of episodes, I invite you to share it with people that you know that you think would also like this. And uh, keep an eye out. I'm still going to keep trying to crank out these YouTube videos. I've got three posted so far. If you want to go and check those out, it's just basically a YouTube version with some graphics. That's the real, the big deal on the YouTube channel. So it's the Scottish clans on YouTube. And if you, if you do a search for that, I hope you can find the channel. And I've got three videos on there. And it's just these videos, my intent is to give you all the same content, but with visual aids. Because I know a lot of you guys don't have a map of Scotland memorized in your head. And so I'm talking about the Aberdeenshire area, and that means nothing to a lot of you. So so as I make these videos, check them out. They've got maps, they've got pictures, and I think it'll be helpful. So I hope you enjoyed this episode on the Leslies. And I, in doing this, I was answering three requests, three different Leslie clan requests that have been given to me as I check my list of requests. So some of you have made requests, and you're in the list somewhere, and I'm just cracking at it as I can. And until the next episode comes out, Marsh and Leib and Rasta.